Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Wendy's has got a new sandwich on the menu, and its name is the Crispy Panko Fish Sandwich. Wild-caught Alaskan Pollock layered with flaky crispy panko, dill tartar sauce, and cheese. It's definitely a catch for your taste buds. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. Welcome back to Girl Meets Podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Audrey. <laughs> can we start? Yeah. Okay. We can start with highs and lows while you're doing that. So, hey guys, welcome back. Wait, why would you take that off? I don't know. What does this thing do? It filters out the... And <laughs> okay. It's a filter. Oh. Okay. Highs and lows. Um. Ooh. Okay. Low is that I didn't do as well on my math test as I was hoping I would do. Well, I don't, I don't know. I didn't get my test score back, but I don't think I did very good. I'm not confident in it. Um, but my high is that I went back to school on Friday. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, I was happy to be back and like good. see everyone. Um, good. yeah. Um, for me, hmm. Well, my low is that my coffee's watered down this morning. It literally kind of sucks, but I'm drinking it for the caffeine. <laughs> I'm not that tired. I got like seven hours of sleep. I'm pretty tired. Um, and my high is that I'm with Emma right now. Yeah, we had a really fun night, guys. Mm-hmm. We had a snowstorm like overnight and kind of like during the afternoon yesterday mm-hmm. and she came over at like three mm-hmm. and then we went to the store to get uh, chocolate, chocolate chips. chips. We came back and then we watched, um, what's it called? The Vanished? No, the, the home show, the home show with the McGee. Oh, it was like, I forget what it's called, but something home. It's with like the McGee. Something like that. I forget. But it's with like Studio McGee and it's Mm -hmm. so entertaining. Their interior design skills are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um and I we really recommend you watch it. And then we got inspired. It's good. We finished it all. Mm -hmm. I need to watch the first season. Sorry. I keep interrupting. It's okay. And then we got inspired to do um redo the basement. (laughs) So we spent a good oh we actually also made pizza and then we redid the basement like completely yeah Um, and we brought some stuff down too some new furniture yeah and it looks good it's a little more open now a little more cozy it literally looks so good you guys yeah it looks good i really enjoy it Mm -hmm. um and that's on our instagram so you guys can check that out um and then we made cookies and that was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Those cookies turned out super good. And then we watched The Vanished. And guys, this show, not show, movie, is crazy. Like, it makes you, like, think about things you don't want to think about. And, like, it messes with your mind. It makes you, like, kind of, like, depressed when you're watching it. And, like, oh, my God. you. Ugh. It didn't make me depressed. It made me sick to my stomach. It made me depressed. Really? Yeah. Just, like, looking at, like, the actor, the actors and stuff, and, like, the mom especially, like, seeing her go insane was just depressing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just some of it was, like, crazy. And, like, yeah, I don't know. So, basically, it's about the these parents who are at a camp retreat or a campground at a retreat, um, and they have a daughter, and she goes missing, and they basically, like, go on this hunt to try and find her. And they go through these, like, crazy things. Like, (laughs) it's insane. You just have to watch it. It's on Netflix. 
called The Vanished. It's super good. I thought it was super good. It was like kind of entertaining. It was kind of slow, but it's okay. Um, it was really good at the end. It was almost like at right at the end, you're kind of like, oh my god, I'm so glad I watched it. Like I'm so glad I kept going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you share your low? Yep. What was your low? My coffee's watered. Oh down. yeah. Forgot about that. So deep, right? Yeah, so deep. Um, okay, so let's get on with the scenarios. We're basically going to do the scenarios again for you guys. Not the same ones, but... Yeah. Oh, no, not the same ones. Okay, so the first scenario that we're going to throw at you guys is called Someone is Not Ready to Commit. The description is, it could be you or your significant other, but if someone doesn't want to commit, you are both in a in for a bumpy ride. You would probably be ready to commit if you had a little more time. You just can't seem to do it right now. All kinds of awkwardness will ensue. And, and sure. No. I think it means ensure. Ensuring your relationship because you think the, only, the other person doesn't like you enough to want to be with you or vice versa. You as a couple have two options. Break up because one of you isn't ready to be serious or take a leap of faith by showing your commitment to someone. It may not be that you're going to get married tomorrow, but if you show signs of devotion, it will reassure the both of you if you want to keep this relationship intact. Wow. That's personally relatable (laughs) to my life. Yeah, why? I feel like I'm going through that right now. Yeah. Like just not like very seriously like not deeply kind of like how the description is Mm -hmm. but just like kind of casually I guess you could say Mm -hmm. of just like me being committed to someone and then them not being as committed yeah into like starting a relationship I feel that too yeah I feel like a lot of people go through this like just with like dating like I feel like when you're dating around and sorry you're dating around and then you like find someone that you want to commit to and then you commit to that person and they maybe don't feel the same way or they maybe aren't ready to commit yet because of certain things um and I'm not sure I just I feel like this is hard because like you like at least in my situation it was like like this person and I like barely even gave it a chance so like I'm kind of like the person that's like why wouldn't we take a leap of faith you know I'm kind of that person to just like take a chance and roll with it because I feel like if you don't like you never know what could have happened yeah Um, I get that that's just the kind of person that I am um but I feel like some people are different and then that like clashes so I feel like if you're able to find someone who's like you and like kind of like even if you don't know if it's going to work out or yet or not like taking that leap of faith is like both important to both of you yeah and some people just really aren't like that they're like I don't want to take the chance I don't want to risk getting my heart broken Mm -hmm. I feel like I've gotten my heart broken so many times that I don't care at this point like I like what's one more heartbreak (laughs) Like, like not like don't take that super like deeply though like that's just how I feel like I'm kind of like this is this is life like this is what happens like for me to find the person that I get to marry, like heartbreak is going to have to happen. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, I just accept heartbreak. Yeah, that's Um, true. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like if someone is not ready to commit and you are, you are both on different like pages in your life and like, you're both on different wavelengths and like Mm -hmm. your energies are off. There's like awkward, like tension, I guess you could say between the both of you. And it's like, if you're ready and someone else isn't, like you've got to be on the same page because then the rest of your relationship going forward you need to be on the same page for everything too but if he's falling a little bit behind and you're going a little faster than he is nothing is going to work out well in your favors to like both be happy in the relationship because you might want to take it faster than he does or he might want to take it faster than you do Mm -hmm. so I feel like really settling on okay, we need to match with our energies and we both need to be in the same place in life to where I'm ready to commit and you're ready to commit. And I feel like that's when you know, like you need to be, like you need to have the same energy so that it does work out. 
Because I feel like the beginning of a relationship shouldn't be rocky. Like, it should be exciting, and you should, like, be getting to know each other, and you should be happy and, like, excited. And if you're not, and you're, like, already stressed, like, that should be, like, a sign that, like, maybe you guys aren't on the same page. You are in different parts of your life personally, and you maybe need to, like, take a step back and, like, let that person have time to themselves, and maybe, you know, you venture off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, some people are just never looking for anything serious. And if you're that type of person who wants something serious, you should probably ask the person, like, before you get into that relationship, if they're looking for something casual casual, or if they're looking for something more serious. Totally. Because that can totally determine what you guys do. Because if you, like, are older and you really want to start – having more serious relationships um, and you find out months in that the guy isn't looking for that, um, then that can be a total deal breaker for you. Totally. Um, And just to keep this relatable to everyone, I also find this in friendships a lot, um, not being committed like the other person is or vice versa. And that can be really hard because like, In friendships, when you give it your all and you get nothing in return, it's almost like you love the person so much, but they, they never think of you and you feel like, um, they don't do as much for you as you do for them. It's kind of like a hard thing to go through because you're like, oh, well, I really want to be this person's friend, but, um, it's like the same thing with relationships. If they're not giving you what you need, then like it's kind of hard to stay friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Totally. Like I've found that in friendships, um, like in the past throughout my life. Yeah, or like if you feel like you connected with someone a little bit more than you think that they connected with you in a friendship way. Yeah. I feel like that's hard because like you could be looking for like a best friend. Because like, I don't know, like when I lost my best friend um in March I feel like not like she she just stepped out of my life I don't want to make that seem like she like passed away (laughs) um but she just like stepped out of my life and obviously I had Audrey but there was like this like void I guess and like missing of another person being there and it took me like a really long time to like get back into friendships again but like trust was a huge thing in like finding another like friend I guess and I feel like I met I met like a couple people and I think one of them Maura so I consider them like one of my best friends now um and she just had like kind of like she has like the similar energy that my past friend had and um she just like I don't know she she didn't fill the void because I don't want to say like that's kind of wrong to say you know it's hard to talk about and like say the right words, but like I was ready to like have that friendship and like she was too. Like it, we were both like looking for another friend at that time. You know what I mean? And I think if like sometimes when one friend like already has their like group, they're kind of like, ah, you know, like I don't really need you in my life per se. And I feel like when I found this friend, like, we just really connected, and we both were looking for friendships again, you know what I mean, after, mm-hmm. you know, losing people or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it doesn't just relate to boyfriends or girlfriends or relationships, it also just relates to friendships. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so the next one. Sorry, I'm putting on chapstick. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so the next one is called Snorarama. How exciting. <laughs> I hate that. This one's a little weird. Um, if you've ever experienced this unfortunate situation, then you will undoubtedly know or be able to relate to the following scenario. Your girl or guy snores. Although this may seem like not too big of a deal at first, After weeks or months of sleepless nights due to that lawnmower you're sleeping next to, you may begin to question if the relationship is going to work. 
If it is really, truly bothering you, try to do something productive about it instead of slamming him or her in the face with a pillow every night. Earplugs or breathing strips could completely fix the seemingly unfixable situation. Um, so this one's weird because I feel like the people who listen um, to our podcast are mainly younger. Yeah. Like us. And don't sleep next to their boyfriend or girlfriend every yeah. night or whatever. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of hard to relate to, but I think, like, just in the future, if my future husband snores, um, yeah, I would just get earplugs or a nose strip. I know. I guess it's not that big of a deal. I know. I don't feel like it's, like, that big of a deal to the point where we have to break up. Um I, I personally can sleep through anything. I'm a very deep sleeper. I'm not at all. I, if someone snored, I could deal with it. I wouldn't need earplugs. I could fall asleep. I don't care. Um, and there's always sleeping in separate beds, uh, in separate bedrooms. I don't, I wouldn't do that, but I know some people that, you know, like do. And I think like I was actually listening to a podcast and they were talking about how we should normalize um, sleeping in different bedrooms because sometimes that time alone from that person is like needed. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not for everyone, obviously. But yeah, yeah, I think like what I was just saying, like earplugs, whatever, um, Yeah, or, like, even, like, maybe, like, um, falling asleep before them, you know? Like, you could maybe do that if that helps. But this is hard to relate to because, like, me and Audrey don't sleep in beds with boys. Right. So. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I would want to still sleep in the same bed. Yeah, I would, too. Because I just like to be close to them. Um, But, yeah, if they snored... I'd probably try to do something about it because personally I cannot sleep through it mm-hmm. at all. Like I know yeah. that because um, when I was little, my dad would sleep in the room with me because I'd be scared or something. And if he'd um, fall asleep before me, he like my dad's a big snorer, so he would snore and then I'd be like, oh my gosh, and I'd start like kicking him in the leg and like punching him yeah. to make him stop. <laughs> Yeah, because he's such a deep sleeper. So if I kick him, like, he'll wake up slightly, but he'll just fall right back to sleep. Yeah. So that will stop him from snoring for maybe a minute. Yeah, totally. I've just never been able to sleep through that. So that one's hard to go through. Um, We can just go to the next one because that one was kind of stupid. Yeah, I didn't like that one. But, I mean, if you're struggling with a snoring partner... um, there are options out there um and like just communicate with each other and try to come up with like a plan Mm -hmm. um like you could maybe even say like okay three nights out of the seven days in a week I'm gonna sleep in a separate bedroom to get good good night rest you know Mm -hmm. um that kind of thing you know just come up with a plan um okay the next one is called trouble with children It doesn't matter whether you've been dating for three months or three years. The topic of kids is probably on at least one of your minds. Rarely do couples see completely eye to eye when it comes to how many kids names, how many kids names, or even having kids is even an option. For instance, she wants four girls all named after the Spice Girls, and he wants eight (laughs) boys named after Star Wars characters. Yeah, I know. Okay, maybe that's a little too far, but you can see where we're going with this. The only piece of advice that can work with this heavy subject is compromise. He wants two and you want one. Have one and a half? Just kidding. (laughs) That was funny. Um, Okay. Okay. I'm just going to say this, like, first. Like, if someone does not want to have kids, I won't date them. You know? Dang. She or, said, like, or I won't, like, seriously date them, and I won't imagine a future with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if they don't want kids, like, that's a huge deal breaker. And I think, like, my mind has changed so much about kids. Like, there was a time where I wanted so many kids, and then a time in my life where I didn't want any kids, and now I, like, want four, and, like, maybe two, four, I don't know. And, but, like, kids are definitely in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... 
but I think kids are only in the future if I want to get married. I would never get married and not have kids, though. I, yeah. I couldn't do that. Um, if I was single, <laughs> I don't think I would have kids. <laughs> um, but if, like, we disagree on, like, the amount, I think that's different. Yeah. I feel like that's something that is kind of like, hey, let's have one and, like, let's just see how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the amount of kids that you have really goes with, like, time. Mm-hmm. And, like, because some people might have one kid and be like, oh, my God, I can't have another. Like, this yeah. is already insane. Like, the, too much money, whatever. Or maybe they have another one. Or maybe they have one kid and they're like, oh, my God, I love this child so much. I, I want to have another one. We can have another one. We're able to. Like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And some people never stop having babies. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it really depends on time for the amount. But I think, like, the kids' names, like, that's all that, like, stuff you can compromise on. Like, you name this one, I'll name the next one. Or, like, let's both come to an agreement on a name. Because I feel like that's pretty, like, possible to do as a human. Yeah, um, I agree with Emma. I really want to have kids when I'm older. So, Um, yeah, I mean, she kind of said everything. But, yeah, those um, disagreements about the number of kids, the names... Um, yeah, basically that I could deal with and compromise with, but I can't really compromise if the guy doesn't want to have kids because that's just something I really want to do. Um, and like here to give you an example, well, I don't want to spoil anything. This is a Grey's Anatomy spoiler, so skip through if you don't want to listen. Don't spoil anything. No, it's not really a spoil. Because Christina Yang, if you've gotten past, like, season two, you're fine. Christina Yang and Dr. Hunt, um, they both have, like, different views on children. Like, Christina Yang doesn't want children, and Dr. Hunt does. And that was a huge clash in their relationship, and they ended up, like, getting a divorce because of it. Very messy things happened. And they didn't – well, I'm not going to say that um, because it's a spoiler. But, like, there were so many messy things that happened – Um, so I think like definitely talking about it with your partner, like, I don't, I hate how people are like, why would you talk? Why would you bring up kids right now? Especially like when we were our age, like I kind of get that, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, it's an important topic to talk about because if that person doesn't want kids like at all, or if they like, I've met some people who don't want to get married and they're dating. And I'm like, what, what don't you like kind of date to like, have a long-term relationship of some sort and possibly not necessarily I, I think but like when you're getting into a relationship you date for like at least I am no like yeah they're really nice to have around and I think that's kind of why some people date without seeing a huge future and that's totally fine and some people date and never get married like I have an uncle who is older like mid-60s he's had a girlfriend for like 10 years they've never got married they're not going to get married yeah and some people just like that better and I think that's okay um but yeah personally um I do want to get married and once I start dating someone I don't right away talk about it I feel like that's important to talk about though especially if it's a priority well a couple months a couple months in maybe I'll talk about it but I think it's it almost scares the guy to talk about it right away because... I wish it didn't. Yeah, but I think, like, it'd scare me, too. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't care if someone I think it's that. just, like, kind of out of the blue and, like, wow, like, we're just starting to date. Like, we don't even know if we want to be serious yet. So mm-hmm. I kind of wait a little bit, but, yeah, if a few months in I find out that marriage is not what they want to do, having kids is not what they want to do, um... I'll have a conversation and tell them that that's really what I want to do in the future. And if you want to start or if you want to keep dating casually, that's okay with me. But um, at some point, we're not going to, you know, have this relationship anymore because I want some things that you don't want. Um, And I also think that some people hold on to relationships hoping that their partner will change and want to get married. That's what Christine Yang and Dr. Hunt was like. Yeah, and um, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. So it's really about patience. And if you really, really love the person, um, waiting is sometimes the best thing to do. 
but you also want to find someone who agrees on things um, like that because those are more serious topics. Um, but yeah, if I start dating someone for a long time, um, I kind of see a future with them because I'm still dating them and I want a future with them. So that's when I kind of have those conversations and I make sure I really do want to have a future with them before I bring that up mm-hmm. because then they might get the idea that I want a future with them and maybe I don't and I'm just making small talk. Like, you know, it's all those yeah. things. You don't want to confuse the person you're dating by talking about kids when you're 17 when you don't actually want to have kids with them. Yeah, I feel like what, mm, I don't know though, because I feel like personally, like, or if anyone is in the mindset of, I want to get into a serious relationship, like, like there's been times in my life where I'm like, I want a relationship, but I know it's not going to last kind of thing. And I think those are relationships where I don't ask Like, do you want to have kids? At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we're upping the benefits without upping the price. Introducing Magenta Max. Now with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus get Netflix on us. Right now, pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 650 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. Up to 40 gigs high-speed tethering. $650 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Simmons support charges waived. Receive Netflix standard with two lines. It's like, do you want to get married? Because that's not my mindset. You know what I mean? So I feel like if you have the mindset of, I really want a serious relationship with this person, and I want kids to be in the future, I want marriage to be in the future, then I think you need to bring it up. But I think if you're going into it and you're like, you want to be very serious with them, and you're like, I wouldn't mind marrying this person, then I think you need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Do you have anything else? No. Okay. Um, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay, next one's called Work With Their Quirks. <clears throat> Everyone has weird quirks, but some are just too weird to live with. A lot of things could fall into this category, but I'll just give a few examples that some of you may be able to relate to. They're a health nut, and you're absolutely not. They like to stay in and watch episode after episode of Grey's Anatomy, (laughs) and you would rather punch yourself in the face. That's me. What? I never watched Grey's Anatomy with you. Yes, you did. You just did last night. Like five minutes of it. They like to get up at the crack of dawn and go for a run, and you are completely satisfied when you take the stairs instead of the escalator to get to Pizza Hut. (laughs) The lesson to learn from all of this is that everyone has their own little peculiar things they do. Just look at them as an opportunity to become more patient and tolerant of your partner. Yeah. Um, I like that um, one because I... I feel like, um, especially right now in the relationship I'm in right now, um, I really, really love letting um, my boyfriend live his own life and do his own things. And I'm never super concerned about what he's doing because I know that he's like doing his own thing and I don't want to get in the way of some of the things that he does because he, he has a particular way of going throughout his day and he has like a busy schedule all the time, stuff like that. Um, and I think that that can really come in handy to think about when you get married or when you get to a serious relationship, because even though you're living under the same roof as that person, you still want to let them have their own particular way of doing things. And you don't want to get in the way of their life because everyone does still have their own individual life and um, I think it's so, so important to give that person their independence. And if they're doing something that you wouldn't necessarily do, um, just let them do it. Um, because there's some things that they probably think are crazy that you do. And like, for me, I'm a clean freak and my boyfriend never makes fun of me for it. He just lets me do it because he knows that that's like how I get through the day. That's, that's how I feel better sometimes if I'm really stressed out. And I think making fun of people's quirks is just a really unhealthy way to live 
um, in your relationship because you would not want anyone to do that to you, you know? There's mm-hmm. some things that you just really, really enjoy about you and about your life, and you don't want to um, make it seem like um, you're the most important person in the world, you know, by telling your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever to stop doing a specific thing. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. I like when I like when people are different and people have really unique things about themselves because that just makes them who they are. And um, I think it's just wrong to want them to hide those parts about them because that just brings so much insecurities into the relationship. And I think that that's not very healthy. So, yeah, kind of like what Audrey said for like me personally, like those individual things that people like to do I feel like that gives the person like individuality and then they're able to have like their time like separate from time together so I feel like since you guys both like different things like 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 it's easier to have that me time so I feel like I hate myself. No, but that's that's used in the right context. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like watching Grey's Anatomy or like cleaning Mm -hmm. is a way for a person to have that me time, or if they love going to the gym, or if they're a health nut and that's what they're interested in. I think that gives them that sense of I'm still my own person, and I still enjoy my me time. You know. So I feel like it's good to have like quirks like that and I feel like working with them is like I don't know I feel like it's easy because I feel like personally I'm able to when they have their me time I can have my me time Mm -hmm. you know what I mean or like if I've had like some relationships where people like love to take naps Mm -hmm. personally and they'll take a nap and I take that time for me time instead of dwelling over oh my god I can't talk to that person right now you know what I mean yeah so I feel like just like working with their quirks, like take advantage of that time that they're spending with their self and you better yourself with that time. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like quirks shouldn't be such a negative thing. Yeah. It should be more of a positive thing like Audrey was saying. Yeah. I think the word quirk almost makes it sound like it's something that's weird. And I don't think that that's how it should be viewed as anymore because it's just how people live their life. And it's just like, I don't know, it's sad when people are kind of <clears throat> told not to do something that they really love doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really all I have to say about that one. It's kind of yeah. easy to talk about for me because I think that's something that uh, plays a role in my relationship nowadays. Mm-hmm. The one that I'm in right now, I mean, because we're just both very independent and we both do our own thing throughout the day. And we, we can go the whole day without talking and we don't freak out about it because mm-hmm. we're, we're not super reliant on each other. If that makes sense. I mean, I still really love having him around and stuff, but we don't like need each other to survive throughout the day. It's not anything like that. So, yeah. Okay. So the next one is this one doesn't have a description. It's yeah, from it like a, Oh, it's all down there until seven. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Okay, this one is you or your partner has addictions that interfere with intimacy and connection. If you or your partner are numbering themselves or yourselves by using addictive substances, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to have a healthy relationship depending on the severity of their addiction. If addictions are keeping you and your loved one apart, get the help you need from a professional. Don't turn to a blind eye to what's happening or make excuses. It usually gets worse. This one is hard. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like if you, like, are, okay, if if that person, like, had their addiction when you met them, and, like, you were kind of, like, I don't know, it's almost like you put yourself in that, you know what I mean? But if, like, the addiction developed after you guys have been together, so like when you first started dating, he didn't have she or he didn't have the addiction. And then 
they got the addiction while you're in a relationship, I feel like that's more worth holding on to rather than you got into a relationship knowing that they were an addict and it didn't work out. That's kind of like, obviously that's not your fault, but you took that risk Mm -hmm. knowing that they were an addict. Yeah. um, I would never encourage that behavior if I'm in a relationship. Um, And quite honestly, I would just, if it's getting really bad, I mean, even if it's not that bad, but it's an addiction that can get really bad, um, I would right away be like, okay, if you think this is going to like be a problem in our relationship, if you think this will be a problem for you and your and yourself, you mm-hmm. should go to a rehab facility. Yeah. I would take him in. And, yeah. And just expose him, if that makes sense. I would turn him in, basically, to a rehab facility. Not the police, but somewhere we, where he can get clean because if I'm in a relationship with somebody um, and they develop a addiction. An addiction. Well, if I care about the person, I just want to make sure that they get better. And I would never um, <clears throat> allow them to keep moving forward with the addiction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like some relationships, um, some people encourage the behavior in a way. Um, they don't necessarily say, yes, you need to do this. Yes. But they also don't turn them in or anything like that. And they just kind of watch it happen and watch it unfold. And I think that that's when it gets really bad when that when your partner doesn't do anything for you because sometimes when you're you're struggling with an addiction it's so so hard to stop and to tell yourself that it's getting bad to tell yourself that you need to go get help Mm -hmm. and I think it's the same for mental health mental illness things like that you don't really know what's going on um but if someone who's very close to you and loves you sees it happening and sees it unfold right in front of their eyes they should be the one who goes and takes care of it because mm-hmm. I think that it's really hard to gain control of yourself and your actions when you're struggling with addiction or mental illness because it kind of just takes over your body sometimes and you can't help yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I also feel like if you're in a relationship, it's not your responsibility to like take care of that person. No, I know, but you don't have to take care of them. You can send them somewhere where they can get taken yeah. care of. Or at helped. least in- encourage the help. Like you can't <clears throat> force someone to go and get help because I don't know, I feel like that would be so stressful on my part. Like I, that's something that like, I, I don't know. I would not want to do that in a relationship. I would encourage the help because like, that's just not my responsibility that causes so much stress on a person especially if you're just like in a relationship with them and it's like not very serious. I feel like it's more of if you know that your partner's struggling, go to one of their their parents or their friends or their aunt, uncle, tell them because I feel like it's more of their responsibility rather than yours. I guess so. Especially to put them in a rehab facility. That's a lot. Like maybe start small with like therapy or something like that, you know? Or, like, confront the person about their addiction and, like, talk to them about it. Yeah. I just don't feel like it's your personal responsibility as a girlfriend or a boyfriend to, like, send someone to rehab. Yeah. I mean, I don't, think it, is. I don't think it is, but if you're living with that person, you might be the only one who sees that. Mm-hmm. Or at least the rest of their family, The rest of their family might not see it. And if you just tell them to go to therapy, they're not going to go to therapy. I know, but at least encourage it or, like, talk to their parents about it. Say, like, they're really struggling. Like, you need to help get them help. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't want to put that stress and responsibility on myself. Yeah, I I don't think it's the right mindset to have. I guess. At least for me personally. I just think it's, it's not a huge responsibility to just go to a professional and say my boyfriend needs help and I don't know what to do so can you please help him and that's like it yeah no I yeah like it's I don't know if the addiction's really bad or if they're addicted to like a really hard drug I think right away you should take them to rehab 
Yeah, I just because it's I, just gonna get worse. Even if they're going to therapy, they're still gonna use. I would not want to put myself under that stress. Mm-hmm. I think I'm too. I think I wouldn't want to. I feel like a lot of times people who are in relationships who like people who suffer from addiction or like for example like alcohol, they they lose themselves trying to help their loved one. And I don't think that that is, I don't, I don't think it should get to that point where you lose yourself trying to help someone else. Yeah. But that's why I'm saying you turn to professionals. You don't do the work. I know. I I just, I think that like you should encourage it and like send them resources to try and get them help. Maybe reach out. But then I think you should like tell someone else who could, take care of it more than you can yeah because I just don't think that you should put yourself in that situation especially if it's like not a serious thing you know yeah like for example if it was like a friendship like if I knew someone that was really struggling I would go to their parents I would not I, I would I don't think I would go to a counselor and say like can you please help them I think I would go to their parents and say like can you please reach out to someone to help them yeah I mean the only reason I wouldn't do that is if their parents weren't supportive and weren't good people yeah well yeah yeah like if they didn't have anyone else but me then I think I would do that or like I maybe like I would go to my parents and say like can you help me on what to do with this oh my gosh Maverick um anyways I think like um on another kind of side of this um I think if it interferes with things and okay, first of all, if you're getting into a relationship and you know that they um, maybe have a substance issue um, of some sort, um, I think saying to them and like being very strict, like if you mess up one thing, like it's over. I feel like I've done that with people and I'm kind of like, if this interferes with us, it's over. Like, I'm warning you now, like, you only get one strike and you're out kind of thing, you know? So I feel like being very strict like that um, helps um, kind of just, like, have boundaries of, you know, if you do this, you're out of my life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So I feel like setting those boundaries and, like, I don't know what the word is because, like, rules isn't right, but, like... Expectations. Yeah, like, setting expectations for someone because that's like important. I feel like you need to be very clear with them because if you're not clear with them, they're just going to do whatever. So you need to be very clear with them on, you know, what you expect of them. I feel like just setting those boundaries and those expectations will help your relationship and the future of your relationship. Mm Yeah. Last one we're doing is this one. Okay. Okay, one or both of you can't heal after the pain of a previous relationship, breakup, or divorce. We all carry unresolved emotions from previous relationships, and many times they are worked out in the new relationship. But when the pain of the past interferes with the new relationship, when one of you lives more in the past than in the present, it can kill the relationship. You can learn to come to the present moment and let the pain of the past move through you and dissolve. It can be complex. It can be a complex process, and we don't want to trivialize it here. But you can learn to see life differently if you choose. Okay, so we've given you our pick for the. Oh, <laughs> that's the ending. I didn't realize that. Okay. Oh my Pop god. This one hits too close to home. Yeah, I haven't experienced this in so long. I don't know. I, this one is hard because I feel like relationships are so hard when you haven't healed from the past. Yeah. And I think it's, it's difficult because I think you can heal on your own. And I also think that you can somewhat find healing in people and in new experiences. Cause I think like maybe you re- you think you're ready and then you're not, and then you realize that. And then that kind of gives you like the heads up if we're like, okay, I need to heal now kind of thing. Um, and I also think that 
your relationship is not going to be good if you're always thinking about the past of something that happened between you and another guy or between you and a friend, something like that. Um, I think it's it's really hard to go on to a new relationship with a new person and experience new things when you are not over the past. I think it's, it's very hard. And I think it can cause several issues in a relationship of not wanting to be physical, um, not giving that person what they need because you don't know how to give that um, or you don't want to give that because it reminds you of a specific person, something like that. I think it's very hard um, to have a successful relationship when you are still dwelling from the past. But I think you really need to know yourself beforehand because um, I know for for sure that I've been in relationships before and I've still been able to do my own healing. Totally. Because, and like it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with them either. They don't, they don't magically make me feel better. Um, it's more like I do things in the background, things that they don't know about um, that make me feel better because sometimes you still need that independence. Totally. And I think like being independent is just a big thing that I'm all about. And um, relying on somebody else to help you heal from the past is never a good idea because um, cause there's going to be a time in your life where you don't have anyone to help you heal from the past and you have to do it on your own. So you know, yeah, learning early is a good idea. Um, totally. But yeah, I think you can still be in a relationship. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's difficult if mm-hmm. that certain someone wants to be, w- be with you all the time because you still need that time to kind of work on yourself and just do things that help you heal from the past without your new boyfriend or girlfriend being involved. Does that make sense? Um, So I think it's possible to do both at the same time. And I think that that's kind of something that people don't think about. People don't think you can do that. People think you have to heal completely before getting into a relationship. But I think that if you know you're, you're capable of still holding that independence and um, healing on your own time, then I think it's totally fine and acceptable to do it, you know? Yeah, totally. But yeah, I think it's a different story if you know you're a super reliant person. Yeah. Because that's when you're, like, you're just most definitely going to rely on uh, the person you're now dating to help you heal through something that they weren't even involved in. And it's just not fair to like put that on them either, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, cause they weren't even there when you got hurt the first time. So they shouldn't have that burden to take care of you totally. while you're going through that, you know? Totally. I think it's super possible to be in a relationship and still heal. Mm-hmm. I think it makes things difficult. Um, but I think it just depends on like how it works out. Um, how you're healing, like if you're doing the right things to heal. Because I think sometimes, like in the past, I have tried to like heal, like using that person, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you heal in the wrong ways when you're in a relationship, and I think that messes with the relationship. But I think if you're doing your healing on your own time, like Audrey said, um, I feel like that helps you personally heal and not involve them in your healing yeah just because i feel like that's not their responsibility you know i agree yeah but that one's hard because like like you know that saying that's like love yourself before you love anyone else Mm -hmm. i i I never really believed in that yeah i feel like that's such a cliche like the love yourself first Mm -hmm. because i feel like you can like find yourself in people and i feel like you can not love yourself while you're loving someone else or like giving someone else something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's better maybe to love yourself first, but I don't think it's impossible to not love yourself. Um, but I think it, it's, it makes relationships difficult when you don't know your worth or you don't have confidence and get messes with the relationship. 
it's not impossible, but it's harder. And I think it, that puts you through some like issues that would be not even relevant if you didn't have like, if you didn't have the, the inability to have confidence um, and feel worthless, you know? Cause I feel like at a time in my life, I was like, I didn't understand or like recognize my worth and I didn't feel worthy of like love. And I feel like it was super hard to experience a relationship when I didn't feel that way, you know? And then when you find that, it's so much easier to be in a relationship. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think it's impossible to not be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think we're all good. Um, <laughs> I okay. think that one was definitely good, and we weren't really on a time crunch, so we were able to yeah. fit more in. Um, so yeah, if you haven't already, check out the first part to this. Mm-hmm. This one is gonna come out in a couple days, probably. Yeah, yeah. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening to all of our episodes for season two. We're so glad you guys are enjoying it. It makes us so happy. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram at Girl Meets Podcast. Um, underscore. Underscore. Leave us recommendations um, in our DMs on episode ideas. Um, we're always posting on our story. Um, it's a great time over there. So check it out. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, have a great week. We'll see you guys next Friday. Yeah. Yeah. This is Emma and Audrey signing off. Bye. Wendy's has got a new sandwich on the menu, and its name is the Crispy Panko Fish Sandwich. Wild caught Alaskan Pollock layered with flaky crispy panko, dill tartar sauce, and cheese. It's definitely a catch for your taste buds. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. Wendy's has got a new sandwich on the menu, and its name is the Crispy Panko Fish Sandwich. Wild-caught Alaskan Pollock layered with flaky crispy panko, dill tartar sauce, and cheese. It's definitely a catch for your taste buds. Limited time only at participating Wendy's.